This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to Whiskey and Whitetails, a show for those who hunt with passion and drink with the purpose. As always, we're your host. I'm Gus. I'm Matt. As always, thank you for Patreon for their loyal support. Thanks to the Waypoint Network for having us. And thank you for listening, subscribing, sharing, commenting, and all the other bullshit you guys do to support us. <laughs> this week, we have a special guest, the one and only uh, Brian Powers. Uh, he's here to talk to us a little bit about uh, his recent experience doing some bow fishing. We're going to talk a little bit about some bow fishing history and just general chit chat and drink some whiskey. So stay tuned. to the show brian what's up you've been on here before uh yep you're less nervous this time i can see it in your face i'm also less drunk <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah uh, that's funny <laughs> i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna do me a little torch drink Uh-oh. shameless plug use code podcast <laughs> our store save 20 percent on this podcast on this product <laughs> Probably too yeah. late to get it in time for Father's Day, but still use code uh, SMOKE to save 30% actually until yeah. one day. On the whole kit, which is crazy because we had that we had that code run and it's $35 for the for the kit. Yep. And then we've had multiple people order just the block, which is $35. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's really yeah. So if you're listening to this on Monday uh, before, the, before midnight, uh, you still have time to use that until midnight tonight. So... If you've never seen one before, it's a bourbon barrel, and uh, we cut them up so they fit the glasses that you own. You light them, and you get some of that beautiful smoke on the glass. And then I'm drinking on this fuck cancer Knob Creek pick. Mm-hmm. Good times. <laughs> Do you yeah. drink it, Brian? Well, I'm, yes, I am. It's took me forever to get to it, but I got one of your sampler bottles. Nice. 2002 wild turkey export oh hell yeah yeah that's a good one i got a, got a king's county bottled and bond 
straight bourbon whiskey. I've been on a bottled and bond kick lately, bouncing around. <clears throat> some of the cheaper ones, some of the more expensive ones, just comparing right at that nice, even 100 proof. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Got some skulls, some bear in the background. Yeah, a little bit. Get. <clears throat> when was that bear? Was that last year or last year? Oh, shit. That was, what, four years ago now? Oh, was it? Time yeah. flies. killing bears. Yeah. How many of you? How many bears have you killed? Just that one. Oh, just that one. Yeah. You go every year though. It's just they just don't. They only come around when you don't have a tag. Exactly. <laughs> and was, I was that about a, you the other day? Somebody was talking about bear hunting, and I was like, man, I got a buddy that he uh, <laughs> he sees bears all the time, and he's like, yeah, there's bears. In the-. Oh, I was talking to Jeff. That's who I was talking to. He's like, I guess there's bears in that property we went to um, on Thursday. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. I got destroyed by bugs. I have welts all over my body. <laughs> but yeah, he was, I was telling him, I was like, man, I, they'll just climb up the tree while you're deer hunting. You got to just like, yeah. hey, bear, and start kicking. How do you get them down? Whenever they feel like coming down. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, never, ain't really telling them what to do. They don't They're typically them. scared, but nah. It's mm-hmm. hard when you see the little one and not the mama. That's the only time it gets a little hairy. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, uh, we went up to, well, Matt and I have been up there to a Table Rock State Park, and uh, I took, or I went with uh, my son's scout troop, and we hiked to the top, and okay. uh, you know, did a bunch of scout stuff and everything. And all, on the path up there, there was a, a bear, a cub in a tree, and I was like, yep. "We're gonna we're gonna hike by because this is the trail." I was like, "But we're not stopping. Do not stop. Do not linger around. Do not get behind me." Because I was, at the, I said I'm gonna stay in the very back and make sure everyone keeps moving. I said because that mama is not far from from wherever that cub yeah. is, and she's a little freaked out by the number of people. But if she feels that cub is threatened, someone's gonna have a bad day. And uh, yeah. I, I have a lot of parents uh, trusting me to make sure it's not one of you. Right. Dustin is bear judo, so if a bear were to run up on him, he <laughs> headlock real quick. Bear Krav Maga. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Did um. So at, you know, I was going to ask about your bear. Was that a blueberry bear? Do you have those where you're at, or is that just like a a northwest thing? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? I don't, I've never even heard of a blueberry bear. It's I guess it's whenever bear, the bears come out of uh, hibernation and they're foraging a lot on on, on blueberries and berries. Okay. Uh, apparently, that gets into the fat and um, it like it adds a really unique flavor to both the meat and the fat and the in the bear. I didn't know if that's if you'd ever experienced yeah, that. I'm, we don't. I would assume that's probably more of like a springtime thing, oh, okay. like springtime hunting. That and makes sense. All of our bear hunting is just what one week in the fall. Oh, okay. Never mind. So they're eating I've anything had, they can to fatten up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a blueberry, uh, some blueberry fat in a bear before. Pretty, pretty tasty. Mm. Bears are rough meat, though. Yeah, it's not the greatest. I've only you ever just turned on the sausage. Yeah, I was gonna say I've only ever had it processed into things like sausage or bologna or something else. Yeah, bologna. We've done some jerky. I've I've had bear steak and bear burger, but I don't recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> tastes better than crow. Yes, crow's <laughs> nasty. I, like I didn't kill the crow, but somebody else did, and and I ate it. And uh, ugh, yeah, they got you. Yeah, well, I just called <laughs> that. I know crows are super smart, and I was like, man, I, I, if it has a face, it doesn't go to waste, as they say. So I was like, I'm gonna eat it. It tasted like if you were to take beef in 1910 kill a cow and then put it in a metal container and then sit it on a shelf for 50 years or 100 years or whatever <laughs> and that's what it tastes like 
What was the texture like? A crow? Yeah. It's a bird. Yeah. It just tastes like metal. It well, it's just it like I imagine it being almost uh, mushy. Just because it's not a very, I mean, it's not a huge bird, but it's not small either. I just, I don't know. Greasy. Too. Yeah, it's like duck consistency. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Hell yeah. So you went uh, bow fishing? Yes, sir. I'm uh, I'm intrigued. I want to know. Dude, I am very like I'm addicted. I've only been one time. Like I can't wait to go again. <laughs> it was it was fun. It was a pain in the ass to to learn in the beginning, but I got the hang of it. What was the setup for it? <clears throat> uh, the outfitter that we went with, he had a I don't even know what size boat. It was a giant boat, twenty four by seventy two. Um, but the bows were nothing nothing high end. Uh, I'm trying to think who did make it. I think it was a PSE boat fishing setup. I looked them up on the internet, Amazon, whatever, like sub $300 for the full set. Cause there's nothing involved. There's no site. There's no fancy stabilizers. There's none of that. I mean, it's just, you don't even have to have the correct draw length. You just point and shoot basically. Uh-huh. And that's what was so difficult for me. I think because I'm all the time using my bow, practicing my bow, using a site, using, and then here it's all different. You've got to, like almost like a recurve mat so you'd probably be a little more sufficient at it in the beginning yeah because you're used to aiming down the arrow instead of aiming off of a site i think it's a lot of its feel on a recurve like i just i know where yeah. to go right and close. and you got your depth perception like it's in the water so it's not where it looks like yeah. it is it's, it's lower and then you got to know how deep the water is and it didn't help we were there in flood tide so some places were eight feet deep but you were thinking it was three feet deep. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to hit that fish. So you okay. below it where you see it? Yeah. And it took me forever. I bet I shot 50 times before I hit my first fish. Wow. He's like, I don't know how you're not hitting him. He's like, I- I'm watching it. And he looked dead on. I'm like, I can't aim any lower. I feel like I'm already <laughs> a foot and a half low. Just aim a little lower, he said. Huh. But got the hang of it eventually. So who was it that took you out? Uh, the name of the outfitter was Last Look Outfitters. Out of uh, he actually, I think he's he's licensed in both Maryland and Virginia. We went to King George, Virginia, down the Rappahannock. Um, but he's a real, real cool dude. He actually, the more we talk to him, he's only twenty two years old. So he's got to figure it out. He's got a part time job and then does that four days a week. But they put out some. They put some big fish on the boat. We just, it was a rough time for us because it just flooded, you know, so snakeheads weren't really in the water or where we needed them to be. Yeah. Is that what you're hunting for? That's, that's the main goal. But I mean, catfish, uh, when we went, you could kill one gar per man on the boat. So we had a six gar limit where I think he said after today, after June 15th or something, it's five per man on the boat. And we could have easily done that, but that's not really an edible fish. It's just kind of like a trash fish. So your main things with snakeheads and uh, catfish. Are the rules different for fishing versus bow fishing? Um, I don't don't really know. He didn't. The only thing I know that you couldn't do there was a limit on the gar because I guess it was their spawning season when we went because they were everywhere. Like um, you can't shoot bass because it's a sport fish like people will pay for a license for that um i'm not really sure why catfish are allowed he never said 
Um, I know snakeheads are allowed because they're invasive and carp are invasive. So all that was free game. But I don't think there was a limit on anything else because I bet we had, I don't know, 40-some catfish in the boat. Wow. Uh, I don't know, seven or eight carp. I mean, we had a pile of fish at the end of the night. That's a fish. What kind of catfish are are they like blues? Blues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't catch anything real or shoot anything real big, but he he has a couple of this since we've been just in the last couple of weeks, a couple of forty pound ones that they've brought in. Wow. So there's some big fish down there. How's he get them up? Or are you just looking for them sitting on the bottom? Uh yeah, so the the whole outside of the boat is like giant floodlights. And I didn't really know how it worked other than the fact that it kind of shines light on the bottom and you're not like basically you troll the sides of the river the whole time. You're only in, you only want to be in like two to three foot of water and all these fish just kind of hang towards like the lily pads and the, you know, the marshy stuff where they think they're protected. So when you shoot, so, so kind of a lot of times it's only one side of the boat getting most of the action, but then you'll see these other ones like either slipping away out the backside, but it gets trickier because the water's deeper out there. So, from over here where you can almost just aim right below them over here, you're aiming six foot or not six foot, six inches to a foot below. Them. So, hmm. but I don't, I don't know if it's a, a guard thing or not, but they like followed the lights the whole time. I don't know if they're like the heat maybe cause it, there's like for hot, they put out heat. It's not like a led. So I don't know if they like the heat and they would just follow the boat. And you can only, you can't kill them. They're just walk, swimming around. <laughs> yeah. Like now, now you can, like we could have, we could have hammered all of them, but we only had a, what, six, one per man. And I hadn't got the hang of it yet. So I didn't even shoot one. What do you I do? Missing, with I missed a pile of them. I'm sure. Yeah. What do, you, what do you do with a gar when you get one? Cause I know they're, we, I used to fish gar when I was, when I was stationed in Texas and, and yeah, you just throw them back. Um, well, you can't throw these back cause they're dead. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> He didn't really say, so I'm assuming. So everything else, when we when we did the snakeheads, at the end of the night, he flayed up the catfish and the snakeheads. And I asked him about the carp because I know that there's people that do eat carp. I don't really know why. but So they sell that fish to the fish market, like down in the cities and stuff. So I don't know if they sell the gar or if they dispose of it in another manner. I'm not here to get anyone in trouble or whatever. I don't know what they do, but... He yeah. says he they find a home. They so, probably uh, right, cool. they probably just like they do with the carp. They probably sell them in in large batches as just yeah. And, and then they, they probably get wrapped up into uh, uh, like fish, like cakes or th- you know things that you make. You just grind up fish. And I'm, add sure, it I'm sure somebody as filler them or does yeah. eat them, but turn them into uh, crab cakes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just a substitute. Yeah, it's a substitute for something. I'm sure they're probably good bait. I'm sure that he knows guys that'll take it and take them out there and use them for whatever else. Yeah, because they actually do. Uh, that that's a, a, maybe a good good idea because they do uh, stingray fishing as well, boat fishing for stingrays. Hmm. And I I don't know anything about that other than just watching some of his videos of him doing it. But apparently, that's like one of the things where you can be on the boat for an hour or two and not see any. Then all of a sudden, there's like 50 of them just kind of like pulled together, but you can't reel them in. Like he said, they fight way too hard. So basically, it's just don't don't grab the line, or like gaff them and pull them in that way. Because I guess they fight really good. But I, then again, I don't know. I guess they eat them. 
He didn't really no, yeah, you can eat, eat them. them. Yeah. Or you take a cookie cutter and you cut cut them into circles and you cook them like scallops. That's what someone said, poor man scallops or something? Yep. yep. That's what they call them? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, those steaks are good, solid meat. I mean, you got to get a pretty decent size one, like the little bitty ones right. that you get like right. in, a, in a river aren't going to be super nice, but the saltwater river. They have freshwater stingrays? Probably, no. I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're down like towards the end, like going into the bay, like where it's brackish at least, you know? Yeah. I don't. They might be out in saltwater. I didn't even ask. I think there are uh, freshwater stingrays. Hmm. Interesting. Whip rays. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty dope. So if you were gonna, so how's the setup? Is the arrow got barbs on the end so it doesn't slide through the fish? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like it's like a almost like a field point, but then it's got like laid like three laid back barbs, almost like a like a three blade mechanical broadhead would have, but they're not sharp. You know what I mean? It's almost like a, like a judo point for shooting small game. It's got them little points that just stick in it. Just a catch to keep so, it from sliding out. Yeah. So then when you reel it in, grab it, put it on the boat, then you got to unscrew the broadhead to get the arrow back out. So it's not, you're not going to pull it back out through them. And it's just like a regular fishing rod reel on, on it. Correct. Yeah. It's uh I don't know how much different it is because it's not fishing line. It's like a nylon braided rope. Okay. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty thick. Only problem with it, it gets chewed up over the night because, you know, it's not as easy to reel in as fishing line. But, uh, yeah, it's got like a kind of like a rubber trigger on the bottom that comes down, like where your grip hand on the bow would be. And you use your fingers to kind of lock it or unlock it. You know, obviously, once you shoot, it's unlocked so that fish can take it if he's still swimming and then you lock it and start reeling it in. But usually the, the first mate or the captain, whoever's closest to you will grab the line and reel it in, you know, just grab the line and pull it in. Cause they're not really fighting too much. Yeah. So it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's, they're not like, um, like what are those types of reels called? It's not like a spinning reel, but like the, like the cheap ones you'd get at Walmart. Like a closed face. Yeah. 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 With just a little yeah. hole where it comes like out. Yeah. Hmm. And how does it mount to the bow? Like the it mounts to any bow, or you got to buy a bow made for it? Ah, uh, that's a good question because I know that there are people. Like I've seen a lot on like Facebook and stuff, people talking about it, where they'll take an older bow, like an older Matthew solo camera or whatever, and turn it into a bow fishing bow. So I'm assuming there's a way. Maybe there's a bracket you can buy that mounts, or I guess maybe where your sight or Stabilizer would mount on the side, yes. Sight or stabilizer because you still use a whisker biscuit, so you still use a rest, but you don't use anything else. Hmm. So, are they regular arrows? There's different tips, or you got to buy a bow fishing arrow. I'm assuming it's a bow fishing arrow. It's it's very rigid and ain't much played to it. It's almost like a solid tube of fiberglass. It seems like, hmm. and then uh, it's just got like a kind of like a slip joint on the back where the you tie it to. And then you can move that up and down however you need it to be. And, and I mean, it's pretty simple. I didn't spend a whole lot of time divulging the, the bow, but I'm very interested. Like, as soon as I got home, I looked them up. I like, man, I just want to buy my own. I'm like, where in the hell am I going to use it? I don't have a boat. <laughs> we ain't got no big-ass fish in this river here. Yeah. You just keep reusing the same arrow, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yeah, unless you break it. He's got, I mean, he has multiple laying there that he'll just tie on, but yeah, I don't. I think the whole night we all use the same arrow. Man, that's so efficient. Yeah, and it, they take a pounding. Like uh, they hit, they've hit, you know, rocks on the bottom, 
uh, logs. You're trying to shoot a big catfish underneath the log and hit the log instead. But the arrow, so, you know, the point's so dull that it just bounces off. It doesn't even, it's not like you're going to get stick it in there and have a hell of a time getting it out. How deep can you shoot? Oh, I mean, I guess there's momentum. I, I don't know. I know that one time I was shooting, he's like, yeah, you're not going to hit that fish. He's like, that's probably like 10 foot deep. But it doesn't, you know, sometimes it doesn't look that way because the water was clear. He kept talking about how clear the water was, even for flood tide. So you could see the fish, plus it helps that those lights are shining right down on them. But he's like, yeah, you're probably never going to hit that thing. That's, like, pretty, yeah, that's pretty crazy I'm to shooting. think that it's 10, it'd be 10 feet deep, but your eyes think that it's close yeah. enough to shoot with the bow. Yep. That's pretty wild. You said you were having to shoot up to a foot low from where you see it at? Yeah. yeah. At least in my mind, that's what I thought yeah. it was. Maybe it wasn't, but you know, because there's no sight. So you don't have like a, all right, I know I need to be six inches low. Right. So like I see the fish and I've shot 30 times now and haven't touched one. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I see the arrow going like, it looks like it hits the fish every time. Fish kind of splashes out of water and swims off. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. So I just keep going lower, and he's like, a little bit lower. I'm like, dude, I, don't, I feel like I'm nowhere even near this fish. And I started hitting him. I was like, well, you know what you're talking about. I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, I probably shot at least 30 times. And I think what got me the most was we had, uh, as soon as we got on the boat that night, we had trolling motor issues. His uh, wires got tangled up and blew the fuse. So he was fixing that, and he's like, and one guy we went with, he's been, I don't know, 25 or 30 times, he said. And he's like, now's a good time to practice. So we back here practicing because three of us were first-timers, never done it. We're back there drawing back and shooting, but I'm shooting at a lily pad that's on top of the water. So there is no difference. I'm hitting it. I'm like, oh, this is easy. And I get out there, and no, nah, it's not easy. It becomes easy, but I, I wasn't a natural at it. Definitely a learning curve. Yeah. The one guy, I think he shot twice, and then I don't think he missed after that. Like, he was huh. just there. And I was like, how? Yeah, that, but I think they're also – I don't know if it was a bow thing because I know the one guy doesn't bow hunt. The other guy uses a crossbow, and I don't know what the other guy uses, but, like, do they not have that, you know, I'm used to an anchor point, a sight picture, it's probably what know, it is. a level. Yeah, they're probably, so, they're probably not, ha- not having to – unlearn as much right yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense did they did, did was it only bow fishing did you guys use um any uh uh what do you call it like what are the the spears for gigging a, a gig yeah no a gig. i don't uh i don't know if they even do that okay i don't even know that i saw one on the boat i know he's got like the gaff like if you had a hard time right, getting yeah, one yeah. in he could hook it but uh he didn't that was never mentioned and no one ever did it okay so I'm assuming it was just boat fishing. If we get into gigging, we can start uh, making those shirts I sent you both. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bestseller right there. Yeah, that's a great shirt. We need to take some of this, some of the the money that we're not not spending on the on the studio space now, and uh, go hit up one of these guys that do um, that do gigging here in on the inshore for flounder. Yeah, load up on some flounder and stuff. It'd be fun. Yeah. Go go collect some doormats. I'm good with that. I would assume they're down there bow fishing down there too, right? Oh, I'm sure be. I've never seen anybody do it, but I, I'm not, that doesn't mean they're not. Um, right. I know it is like a southern thing. I, I see it 
on Instagram all the time. And, and like, I'm interested in it, but I, it's like, I'm not going to go buy But now that I know that I can buy me a new Matthews, I'm going to take my bear and throw a. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the, I don't know what it takes to turn it in. Cause I know like if you just go to Amazon right now, you can find like a bow fishing setup that doesn't have the bow, but I'm looking at like the bow I used was nothing fancy, but you can get that whole rig for sub $300. I'm like, well, why would I ruin another bow and I can just get one dedicated and be done? Yeah. Cause I mean, it obviously worked. I made it work. Yeah, sure enough. Just looking at it, uh, looking at it here, $129 for, for the setup, the I guess. Yeah. Oh, cool. I guess some of these come with it. Cajun bow. For, there you go, Gus. All right, guys, the, you know, cats out of the bag. I, I own a company called Cajun bow fishing and no, um, well, one of them, so that, so that one right there kind of looks like, just like, like we were talking about earlier, like a fishing rod. And then that other one looks completely different with the bottle and everything. Yeah. I don't know what these are. I guess that's, that's just the, a, uh, that's, what the that's where the string goes in. Like a hopper for the string. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have a, I mean, there's a ton of string on it. Cause I think he ended up cutting mine two or three times just cause it was getting hard to reel in. And he's like, ah, oh, there's plenty in there. Yeah. It just looks like leader lines. Raise line. Does it? Do they get tangled up? Is that a pain in the ass, or it's pretty fine? Uh no, they don't really get tangled up. It's just it's like like it's like a nylon rope. So if you're on an angle, trying to reel in on that rod, like it just it's not as smooth as a fishing pole with a piece of regular line. Look at this slingshot. <laughs> huh. huh? Pretty sick. How'd you end up going? Just friends of yours and you went? Uh, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. Um, so I do the skulls and stuff for a couple people around here. And the one guy, he actually used to do skulls here and he hit me up this past fall and had a couple for me to do. Cause he stopped doing it and he started building, uh, e-bikes. And, uh, so he just hit me up one day and was like, Hey man, you want to go boat fishing? And I was like, I don't know when he's like Friday. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go. So I didn't know any of the people in the boat until like that night. I met them all in the truck on the way down. But all cool dudes, and it was a hell of a good time. Like I'm glad he invited me because I'd have never, until that moment, I was never like yeah, I want to go boat fishing because I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know where to go. Didn't know what to do. It's always risky going out on a boat to do anything with people you've you've never met before, man. Because there's no yeah. escaping it, man. If you get someone out there that's just out of their mind, crazy and stupid or irresponsible or just really not a fun person to be around. You, you have nowhere to go. Yeah. Maybe like a, like a safety brief. Like don't, um, don't aim in the boat. Nope. Don't draw back in front of somebody. <laughs> nope. I think the only thing he said was don't shoot bass. Man explains how he lost his eye while bow fishing. My dad's bow fishing accident <laughs> caught on camera. Two men illegally bow fishing snook is bow fishing mm. dangerous. Yeah, interesting. It is if you don't know what you're doing, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure it would be. I'm trying to do it now. I see a lot of what I see is people doing it off docks. I don't. I never really thought about doing it from a boat. Yeah, yeah I mean, the boat. The, it was a pretty elaborate setup on the boat. I mean, not nothing special, but I mean, giant boat. There was like what four, five of us were up on the like the the bow, like the dock that he had built on it, and you just shoot 360 degrees around. And then he had his en- you know, engine in the back and shit. And a basic boat outside of that, nothing fancy. Lights all over, generator on the back, a couple big coolers for the fish. 
So I'd say he makes decent money as long as you don't have a bunch of boat problems. Yeah, generator on the back to run the lights, I guess. Yeah, everything. Like, it was a giant generator, like something oh. that looks like it would run the whole house. <laughs> and it ran the whole time. Like I was like, all right, man, that's cool. Is that what runs the trolling motor? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the only time, only time he really started up the boat for anything was like moving to another spot. Wow. And he does it. That's crazy. So there's that many fish out there at night. We just don't know about it, but I guess, I mean, I've done night fishing with gigging, but yeah. Uh, which is a lot of fun. You just sit, same thing. You sit there and you just run the edges of whatever piece of piece of water you're on. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm assuming he probably doesn't do the same, like what we did on Friday night. He probably didn't take his client Saturday night and do the exact same loop. Probably, yeah. you know, went somewhere else. But, yeah, every every night since I've been that he's went, he's, you know, he posts up pictures on Instagram and Facebook. and They don't have no shortage of fish. They're all killing them. That's crazy. I'm looking it up here, and I, it's like there's a – so Charleston Fishing Excursions has a boat has bow fishing trips, and then there's another one called Attaboy. Attaboy. B-U-O-Y, buoy, at a buoy charters. Like, I figured, I mean, I don't know what kind of fish are in the, like, the swamp up by your guys' hunting camp or anything, but that almost seems like what it, we was in, like, real shallow water, murky, muddy, you know, cattails and lily ponds and everything, lily pads everywhere. Yeah. Well, you weren't out in, like, swift-moving water because they are all just, like, bottom dwellers. Right. I mean, nobody's ever caught anything in there, to my knowledge, but I'm pretty sure it's all gar in there. Yeah. What do you think? Looks like a good place they'd be. At the club? Some people swear there's giant alligators in there, so I don't know. (laughs) Hey, I got a video of of bubbles coming up for no reason, so I threw a rock at it and it stopped, and then five minutes later, just bubbles coming up again. That's the uh, aqua chupacabra. Yeah, that's probably what it was. (laughs) Did you have to get a special license? or Did did we ask that already? No. Uh, So I'm assuming... I don't know how it works for since it's a charter, but I know like my buddy who lives on Lake Anna, he has a boat and in Virginia, he can buy a license for his boat so that anyone gets on that boat is covered. I don't know if this guy has the same thing or if it's different because he's chartered. So that makes sense. I would assume it's like a charter license. Yeah. Wow. So boat fishing has been around for 15,000 years. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Well, I guess at some point they didn't have fishing poles. They only had bows. Yep. <laughs> the Aztecs and the, the Mayans and Native Americans were all doing spear fishing back in the day. So this is in the Philippines, the Negrito tribe. Traditionally used bow fishing to fish the clear, shallow waters of their land. Hmm. And I, you know, it's funny. I think I've only heard about it like three years ago. So Interesting. it's fascinating. Did you look up anything on bow fishing, Gus? Um, I looked up the history of it and everything that I saw, it sort of originated, had its, its roots in, in gigging flounder and fish, which started obviously a long, long time ago. Um, in the United States specifically, the, 
Karen Kawa, Native American people, uh, were some of the first on record to gig flounder. They settled; uh, they were settled along the Gulf Coast um, from the early 15th century through 17th century. Um, and then it just sort of obviously just expanded and grew from there um, as technology advanced, as the white man came on uh, <laughs> across the pond there, uh, brought bringing technology and other stuff. You had the uh, lanterns, which gave way to incandescent bulbs and um, you know, other things like that, and obviously progressed into LEDs and everything else. Uh, it's really been the last like 50 years with the advanced, uh, you know, some of the stuff we touched on in our archery, our, our, our two-part archery thing that we did. Um, you know, after the World War II, uh, with the advancement of, of technology and the uses of metals and things like that, um, aluminum, stuff like that, um, you tie that in with the advancement of lights um, from the, uh, the high-pressure sodium, the HPS lights, and then into LEDs coupled with the uh, moving into compound, compound bows. Uh, the last 50 years, obviously, has seen a huge change in and how uh, bow fishing is <clears throat> is being done, and, and you know the efficiencies that have come along with it, and then obviously with, I mean, boats have been used forever, and and using shallow water boats is absolutely nothing new. So being able to throw crazy crazy bright lights and and light up you know a hundred feet around your almost a hundred feet around your boat, um, how, how far out could you see with the lights that you guys are using? And- I would say a hundred feet wouldn't be, wouldn't be far off. Like it was bright. Yeah. Like, cause we saw there was another, there was another boat that was boat fishing on the same river that night. Like, and he was far away, but yeah. it looked like he was like, you know, sitting next to us. Like it was bright. Right. Obviously, you're, you're not hiding out there. Yeah. Obviously you're not like seeing as clear at a hundred feet as you can next to the boat. But that, the fact is that that, right. that light just illuminates and spreads through the water. Um, yeah. I'm surprised. It doesn't seem to scare the fish that you're targeting though. It doesn't seem to bother them. No, um, so bigger catfish will will run. Smaller ones kind of like don't know what's going on yet, but the bigger, you know, smarter catfish, they they don't stick around long. But the gar, like I said, they followed the boat. Like every time you get into a pocket of them, they would swim fast, like get away, but then the next thing you know, they was beside you swimming. Huh. And then snakeheads don't don't take off. They, they stay still because they think they're protected. Like – so they, they like the lily pad. So the guy said like early April is the best time to go for them okay. when the lily pads are just starting to pop. And they think they're hidden because they look up and see cover, but they're not. You can see through it. Sure. So they'll they'll sit still. Interesting. You guys um, eating a snakehead? No, oh, dude, it was the best thing I've ever ate. Was it really? Yep. So You're not joking? That is, that is, that's not the answer I was no, expecting. No, I, I, I swear. <laughs> wow. Like, they used to always talk about like, you know, the Asians or whoever brought them over here for as delicacies. And that's how they became. Cause they throw them in a random pond so that they could go catch them and have them. Um, but we took it, the guy that told me about it, he's like, it's like a white flaky fish, almost like a sea fish. Like it's, you know, white flaky meat, chunky meat, yeah. no bones in it. And it doesn't have any fish flavor. I'm like, I don't believe that. Like in this nasty, muddy yeah. river, like it's going to have some sort of taste. But it literally, when we fried it up, it tasted like whatever seasoning you put on it. Nothing else. Wow. With a name like delicious. with a name like you know, snakehead. I'm 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 assuming oily and and really fishy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yep. A crazy looking fish. We get we have them down here now, and uh, you know, there's the DNR puts out all the 
by the way, you know, if you see them, they're invasive, kill them. And, um, yep. they look crazy. Like the, someone with their mouths are open. Yeah. Uh, I saw videos of it with their mouth open and it was like, that's a scary looking fish. We also, we also shot a couple. They're called bowfin and they look, they look like a snakehead without the snake spots. Mm-hmm. Basically. We had a bowfin um, as a pet when I, when I met my wife, yeah. bowfin and a fish tank. It, uh, one night I, I was, you know, you know how when you're sleeping, you're like paralyzed to sleep. It, uh, I heard this fish flapping around the floor and I woke up the next morning and it was dead laying on the floor. <laughs> I'll sleep <laughs> on our couch because we were just friends back then. But, uh, yeah, it's a crazy looking fish too. I like, I wonder what they taste like. It wasn't there. That one wasn't that big, but yeah, that was was another one that we didn't, he sold it to the market, but we didn't, we didn't eat those. So it's I'm pretty not, good deal. Not 100% sure. Charges y'all to go out there and then sells all the fish to a market. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, he was saying, I can't remember what he said, but it was like, uh, it was a crazy number. Like if I guess somebody went bow fishing and they didn't want the fish, he says that happens a lot. And I guess, you know, the snakeheads bring good money, especially if he cleans them the whole way up. But he still makes good money by just handing them the fish. I'm like, well, depends on how much money you want to make that night, how long of a night it was if you're going to clean them all up. Yeah. Yeah, did I, Matt? Did I send you that that picture of that that lady, uh, solo, landing that giant bluefin tuna? Yeah. Or did you send it to me? Yeah. I can't remember, but I got to looking at like what those are valued at and on the on the market, especially like the sushi market. And that she landed by herself. People were estimating based on how much it weighed if she was if, she, if the report was true. That fish was worth like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. She went fishing one night, and and I, it just, uh, this makes me want to—I don't know—makes yeah. me so mad. That's a lot of money for a damn fish. A ton, and it brings all that money too. It's like that's that's—they're saying that everything's overfished, like on the other side of the world there, because it it all turns into sushi. But yeah, I mean, they bring in these huge tuna that are thousands of dollars. I mean, you've seen the show, like the. the that tuna fishing, whatever it's called, hot tuna or whatever it's called. Yeah, hot tuna. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they bring in this fish, and they go out there and get a $16,000 payday on a fish, and you're like, geez. That's like the white marlin open down here in Ocean City. Like, it's nuts. You know, $1.1 million fish get brought in. I'm like, well, whatever. Yeah. We, there's a lot of boats from down here that go up there, like just local charters oh, yeah. we follow that have really nice boats. And we'll see them up there fishing it. Well, I got a friend that does it too. He's a he's a mate on a boat. He yeah. goes up there every year for that. They haven't done the Low Country <laughs> Open in a while, have they? I don't know. I don't know if they're, if that's done. I know that Ty sold it, so uh, COVID probably killed it. Probably. I believe it. Yeah. So is, what is there like anything? Somebody should, like lessons learned from it or like good advice or experience, or is it really just you get a setup and you, you aim six inches lower? That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not one to ask for tips. Cause like I said, it took me forever, but all I know is don't, all right. When, when we was on our way down there, the guy that's been 25 or 30 times, and I think he's been three times since we went, um, he's like officially addicted to it. But, uh, He's like, it probably took me 80 shots before I hit my first fish. And I'm like, oh, thanks for the vote of confidence, you know. Like, nah, it's not that bad. 
And I was, I think I'm getting close to 80, guys. Like, my arm's getting sore here. This is starting to suck. And then started, like, started connecting. But it's just one of those trial and error things. You just, you know, it's not like you go out here and miss a deer and, you know, ruined your whole hunt. And you just lost a $30 arrow. And, you know, you just reel it back in and try again. But, no, I mean, I think everyone should do it if you, if you have any interest. Because I'm not a big fisherman. I'm not, I don't fish a lot. Like, you know, I go to cricks and I take the boys out to the lake and pond and stuff, but fishing was never my thing. I don't have enough money to be a fisherman and a hunter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's, that's one reason I did. I never turkey hunt because I always fish in the spring. And, you know, once it gets real hot, I don't really do anything until yeah. your fight till season comes around. But um, I haven't been fishing in a while. I love fishing. But, I think it's fun. That's why I'm really interested in the bow fit. It feels like it'd be. Cause I like shooting a bow and making a connection. And so right. killing a fish with one, it's probably like instant gratification. Kind of yeah. keep doing it brings, all night long. Brings the two together. Was it like a regular, like half day charter just at night? Yeah, I think it was, well, we got on the water at like 11 and he collected the bows and shit at five. So six hours. And I mean, it, it flew by. I was like, man, I, I looked over the one time. I, was like, I feel like the sun's coming up. He's like, yeah, it's five. I'm like shit. Is that the yeah. only time they do it? Is uh, at night like that? I guess they have to for if they're using. Lines. Yeah, uh, I don't know that they do much of that now. The the stingrays and stuff they do during the day, but I don't know about this kind of stuff. It would probably be pretty hard, you know, because you wouldn't be able to use your lights. The lights wouldn't be effective in the day. Yeah. So the sunshine off the water would probably be a reflection. It'd probably be hard. That's pretty good side money. Then work all work work during the day, and then if you don't sleep a lot, go out there and load the yeah. boat up and fish all night long. Yeah, what, what what is it for him? Uh, I think he said he works Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. At, uh, I think he said he was a carpenter. His dad owns a, uh, a house building business, I think he said. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he charters. And it's 1000 bucks a night. So as long as you don't have a lot of issues, there's some money there. And it's like all you're doing is the initial investment, which I guess you could do after one trip. You could buy five or six bows after after one night out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would assume your biggest thing is you you know you need to know your boat and know how to work on it. But he had everything. He had a giant like toolbox on there. So as soon as the, cause I, I even offered. I was like, hey, I mean, you need help. And he's like, no, nah, I got it. And I mean, he just topped up right there and rewired his trolling motor up and put a new inline fuse in it. And he's back on the water like new stuff. Yeah, hmm. that's why I was amazed at the end of the night because I mean he looked young, but I you know I wasn't thinking twenty two. Yeah, and he's like I'm twenty two. I'm like, Pfft. so you're sitting in the catbird seat for you know business wise if you're that young and you already got it like this. He's also out. I would assume at that age there's not a whole lot of competition because most people that age don't do anything. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean I would assume yeah, like most of the charters and stuff would be older dudes, and you know I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what his goal is to just continue to do this or become like a you know a, a sea captain and you know actual charter fish or what, but he's got it down pat with this. I was talking to a guy today about uh, just like side gigs that make money, and he was saying that they uh, like in Charleston's a big wedding destination. They, he said that you get eighty people a day getting married on the weekends here, and then all through the week, he's like, but a lot of times they come out here and they're like, we don't want a 60 year old man doing it. We want somebody young and hip and fun or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, so he's like, I went and got ordained. He's like, it's 500 bucks for 30 minutes. I do two weddings a night on Friday and Saturday. He's like, I make thousand dollars a night, a night for an hour of work. 
And he's yeah. like, it's like a secret because nobody, <laughs> there's nobody doing it. And I was like, damn, I'm ordained. Let's go ahead and get me on there. Like, exactly. I'm about to, about to be Father Brown over here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not even right. shitting you guys. I just got a message from the guy. And he's like, you want to go Sunday night? Boat fishing. <laughs> nice. That's, that's wild. The charter uh, guy? And, uh, the, the guy that, he's not the charter guy. He's, he's one of the guys that went with us. Yeah. He's actually a uh, insurance agent right down the right down the hill from my house. But he he somehow got hooked up with this guy. I mean, maybe maybe he just paid and went one time. But he's the one that's addicted to it. It's been like thirty some times. And I think what he does is he's just on call with that guy. Like he's so into it. Like if he can give him four or five hours heads up, hey man, I only got a group of three. Do you want to make four? He's like, yeah, I'll go. So I, I'm assuming he probably gets you know a pretty good discount for filling that last spot, or maybe he doesn't, but he's into it. Yeah. So is it a thousand dollars period? Don't matter how many people you bring to thousand dollars. Um, I'm just going off a thousand dollars because it was two fifty a person. Yeah. And it was four plus the tip. So I'm, I don't, it may not be. And I don't, I don't know if you'd want to take on his boat. There might be bigger boats. I don't know if you'd want to take more than four people. Might be able to get one more, but any more than that, it would be a little crowded. You tripping over each other? Yeah, yeah. It's not something okay. I want to do. Shooting bows? No, Hell no. At least it's shallow water, so if you fall in, you just stand up. Unless you sink in the mud, because it's muddy. <laughs> That's true. When I was in high school, a guy that, and we had an archery class in my high school in the gym, and uh, a guy got shot in the leg. And my like, we were in there. I didn't watch it, but it, like it happened, and he screamed, and I looked over but the guy had pulled back and somebody was correcting his stance and he turned to talk to him and brought, dropped the, brought, brought the bow down and his hand slipped and the arrow went through the guy's calf into the floor mm-hmm. of the gym. And I, from that day forward, I was like, nobody's pulling a bow back in front of me ever. <laughs> <laughs> like luckily it was filled tips. I guess the other thing too, is you guys are shooting with, with smaller tips. So it's, you're just going to have a little hole in your leg. Not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, you can just screw you can screw the point off the other end, pull it back out, ain't no big Yeah, definitely little, pull it through. The little duct tape on each side, keep on yeah. keeping yeah. on. Get some. Uh, I'm sure you get some caulk in there. There's <laughs> some caulk inside some there. Caulk. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, we need to plan. We should plan a uh, a bow fishing trip. We need to come up there anyway. We can talk about that every year. Yeah, you come up here, we could do it all. We could, if you did the spring, we could turkey hunt and bow fish. So that seems like the prime time. Yeah. And you got an ass load of turkeys, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Ass load of smart turkeys, apparently. I was only able to, well, we killed, we ended up killing two, but I think, hell, the last day of the season, he killed that one. And then we was on four different ones that day and five different ones the day before, but they're just smart once they're hunted all summer or spring. How long have you been hunting? Hunting or turkey hunting? Hunting, period. Since I was, I, I mean, I was going with my dad when I was probably five. Yeah. And in the woods every year since. I think I killed my first deer at nine, ten maybe. I've known but you a lot. I, and you're one of the few I'm, people I know that is, you're always hunting something. Yeah. If, if I could hunt today, if there was something out there I could go hunt, I would. Like, I don't know. It's just. I like being out there. I am already upset that I don't have all my trail cameras out and stuff like that. I just ain't had time with kids and sports and it's just always something. 
That's just crazy to me that you, you're still able to hunt so much, even having kids. Cause I, I know, I've known you before kids. I've known you for a long time, but it seems like you yeah. still hunt almost just as much. I, I try. I mean, yeah. the wife lets me, that's the good thing. She don't give me too much flack about it. I think she knew that coming into it though. Yeah. I think I let that, I laid that brick like right <laughs> off the bat. Like, Hey, this is what I like to do. Yeah. You know, while we're building this Don't foundation, leave. let me put this brick right here. <laughs> yeah. And just go ahead and lay it down. We'll both mortar it and just deal with it. That's funny. Yeah. It's fun. It shit. I enjoy it. All right. Is there anything else that people should know about bow fishing? No, they need to go do it. Yeah. <laughs> and eat snakeheads. And eat snakeheads. Snake snake yeah. Now now I, know I, I definitely want to eat snakehead now. Yeah. I've got to try it yeah. now for sure. Like, so apparently, like, down around, like, you know, the Bay and stuff, like, uh, Baltimore, Annapolis, D.C., them areas, like, it's a cuisine. Like, it's high dollar to order it at restaurants. I don't know that I'd go that far because, it, I mean, is it really that at the end of the day? But it's good. I don't know how all they There's no way they call it Snakehead in a restaurant. I don't know. I mean, they may. I, I bet you they got some fancy name for it. Yeah, let me find out. Uh, to most people, it's a creepy, toothy fish worthy of its Frankenfish nickname. <clears throat> Frankenfish. I'm gonna find out where they're where they're at where they're a problem at in South Carolina and go find them. I bet you it's more upstate, closer to Georgia and, and Tennessee. Yeah, I don't I don't know where they came from. I don't. Is it possible that they're maybe in more populated areas because of like? you know, Asian culture, like city life, like they brought them yeah. to those places and then they spawned from there. Cause the one he said, if you would take two or three of them and put them in your pond or lake, it would be loaded with them within like a year or two. Yeah. Like they they must spawn like crazy. I thought I read somewhere that it was like the problem started primarily. It was recognized primarily somewhere either along the Mississippi or the Missouri river. And so the problems are the areas where they have, have increased in, in being an issue um, are areas that are like downstream as, as they've spawned and grown yeah, and sort of populated on. down into those areas. So, you know, those, those water, those waterways go everywhere. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's only a matter of time. I'd imagine. Chana Argus is what I'm seeing on menus. Chana. But here's uh this, here's their, here's their regions here. I'll zoom in a little bit. So they're, they're, they're heavy where you are. Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. It looks like for us they're way up almost in North Carolina. And then is that Lake was that Lake Superior up there to the left? Which lake is that? I'm terrible. Yeah, I'm terrible with the Great Lakes. I think this one's superior. Because it's bigger. It's like Michigan. I think you're right. Yeah. That's why. And then there's just this random patch in California. Yeah. We just solve that issue just and just set the whole state on fire. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, so it looks like by that map it must have been Mississippi that you were talking about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Very barely right here. I don't know what river that is or what lake that is. If I can find it. Let's see. That is Lake Wiley. Lake Wiley. Outside of Charlotte. Oh, that makes sense. That doesn't look like Charlotte, does it? Because I was going to guess Lake Norman, but I was like, I don't think that's Charlotte over there. But it is. It's just, it's probably just, yeah, just north of Charlotte. Right yeah. there on the border where Charlotte sits. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, Lake, lake Wiley. So, this Charlotte is uh, is right here. Is that the big lake where all the NASCAR drivers and teams have houses? 
That's like Norman. Norman. Like Norman. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, we have to go up there now. Now that we know they are, I wonder <laughs> if they have snakehead uh, charters up there. I bet you they do. Oh, I'm sure that somebody has got to be capitalizing on that. She's trying to time it around um, the uh, time it next year during the um, NHRA four wide races up oh, there. Oh yeah, I want to take the kids to see that really bad. Have you never? Have you ever been? I've been to a drag race, but I've never been to a four wide. Dude, four wide. Look at our discords going on. <laughs> <laughs> four wide is uh, is something else. If, if you ever been to a four wide race? No, I haven't. You ever seen one? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it on TV, but never been. Nuts. Nuts. When they come by, because you have those pressure waves coming off the back of them, and uh, it is absolutely insane. I mean, it's crazy with just two wide sitting close enough to the track. I can't imagine four. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. It's, it's, um, I've been with my dad a few times, but it's when they come by, especially like the top fuel dragsters. Yeah. The pressure wave coming off of them is, is crazy. Like, here's a, Whoever's uh, whoever's hitting this up on Discord, yeah, you see that pressure wave coming off the back right there. It's yeah. absolutely nuts. Huh. Yeah, that would be cool to do a weekend trip, go out there, do a four wide, and then go snakehead fishing. Yeah, that'd be fun. Down with it. All right. Well, I think we beat that beat that horse to death. What you got? Any hunting trips coming out this fall? <laughs> uh. Missouri, and then whatever we decide about North Carolina. There we go. That's the plug we were looking for. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll start finalizing those details soon. Yeah, I'm down for whatever. I just need to know when and where. Yep. I think uh, we should wait till it cools down a little bit. Yeah, Uh, I'm good with whenever, as long as it ain't. What is that? I think it's Veterans Day, the November 11th. I'll be in Missouri for four or five days, probably. I'm going to be in Mexico uh, that, or no, that weekend of Snipers Unknown, November 11th. And then the next weekend I will be doing seven days in Mexico. So you have to be October or like mid-October or uh, late November, early December. Late November would be preferable. Mid-October is anniversary time for yeah, wife and anniversary. I. I, I gave my wife a uh, birthday present last year that I'll never miss another anniversary because I've missed, I don't know, 10 of the team <laughs> we've had. <laughs> yeah, our anniversary is all the same time. Yeah. We're all screwed in October. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got I got anniversary and then two of my kids have birthdays, October 7th and October 8th. What's nine months before October? Was that Valentine's Day? I don't know, but we was all very bored. <laughs> <laughs> no, yours are too? Uh, October. It is Valentine's Day. No, hers is October 10th. All of ours are August and September. Nice. Yeah. I think ours was blizzard weather. Blizzard weather? You're stuck inside of snow? Yeah. That'll do it. Couldn't get away. (laughs) Couldn't get to the store to get plan B. That's what. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're going to put together that hunt for sure. Uh, So I think... um, End of November is, is is the time frame. Yeah, let's 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 fit, figure out a date and just you know make the date the dates and then we can figure out the details from there. Yeah. yeah. And if you're listening, and you want to be involved, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Whiskey and Whitetails and uh, hop in there. And we have a pretty good Discord community, which you just heard it popping off. I'm guessing that's Drew. 
Yeah, it's, it's always Drew. Five or close to six o'clock. Yeah, he's getting off. <laughs> getting done with work and getting done with work and ready to tie one on. Yep. Drew drinks like I my liver thinks that I drink. <laughs> I can't I'm not a him. And even when he compl- and even when he complains about oh I'm so hungover I'm I'm so this or that like he's just at doing doing the thing man yeah. back at it back to work doing dad duty whatever it is I'm just like he's building like an empire too he goes he's you know how we go to events and shit he goes to events for the company he started and he, yeah. I mean he works he walks the floor for twelve yeah. hours a day all weekend and just gets plastered at night <laughs> I don't know how he does it he's he's strong. He's got Viking blood or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, I think we're good. I'm going to uh, probably have a few drinks tonight and then heading to Virginia for the weekend. So sweet. Is it wife's family? Also got all my Palmer 80s. I'm going to go get drilled out, which I'm excited about. Oh. Doing gun stuff. All right. Anything Thanks. else, Brian? No, I don't think so. Thanks for hanging out, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Getting us all uh, wrapped around the axle on bow fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know when we're going. Yeah, my wife will be thrilled. I'm going to go spend more money on hunting shit. I'm going to have to sell something. I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) running through my head. What what do I sell to get a bow fishing set? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Some hobby is going to be sacrificed. We'll see what it is. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you uh, learned something. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Thanks again to Brian for for showing up here. Yep. Till next time. Bye. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.